it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. High in the hills of California's Simi Valley stands a monument to one of the most beloved leaders in our nation's history, Ronald Reagan. The Gipper, the great communicator, America's 40th commander-in-chief. He railed against big government. The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And sought peace through strength. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Forty years after Reagan's landslide re-election, the Republican Party faces critical questions. What does it mean to be a conservative? We fight for the truth. We are not going to worry about what the left and the media say about us. What is the key to a thriving economy? It's innovation, not regulation. America can do for anyone what she's done for me. We will stop the spending. We will stop the borrowing. We will stop the earmarks. What is America's role in the world? We need to build a military fitted to the widening challenges in an ever more dangerous world. Sometimes you avoid war by showing the tough. And the country faces even more challenges. Would Reagan even recognize the country in which we now live? Tonight, candidates seeking the Republican nomination converge in California to chart a new path to the grand old party. Now is the time for choosing. to the second Republican debate of the 2024 primary, live from the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California. We're inside the spectacular Air Force One Pavilion, where the stage is set for a showdown. I'm Stuart Varney of Fox Business, and I am thrilled to be sitting alongside my co-moderators, Fox News Channel Dana Perino and Ilya Calderon, Univision. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you, Stuart. President Reagan famously described America as a shining city on a hill. And tonight, seven candidates will make the case they should be the one to lead that city into a brighter tomorrow. But first, they have to convince you, the voter. Please allow me to welcome our Spanish-speaking audience. Muy buenas noches a todos. Desde la Biblioteca Presidencial Ronald Reagan, los precandidatos republicanos también buscan su voto para las primarias del partido. Bienvenidos. And good evening. So, let's meet the candidates who have qualified and chosen to be on this stage tonight. They are positioned by the order they rank in the polls, with the highest polling candidate in the middle. Standing center stage, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Flanking the governor, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, and former South Carolina governor Nikki Haley. Next is South Carolina, Senator Tim Scott, and former New Jersey governor Chris Christie. On the wings tonight, former Vice President Mike Pence. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. We have questions on a wide variety of issues important to primary voters. Candidates get one minute to answer and 30 seconds to respond if singled out. When their time runs out, we'll all hear this. We have a lot of ground to cover, so please keep it civilized. Let's get going. We are in this spacious, sunny place tonight, designed to reflect the very nature and character of Ronald Reagan. It's a place that makes you proud to be an American. Yet today our nation is drowning in division and incivility. Voters say they dread the 2024 election and find politics exhausting. Two in three Americans think the country is on the wrong track. And three in four say the economy is not in good shape. 
Prices are up 18% since 2020. More than half of the U.S. population has little access to childcare. 85% of Americans say their personal finances are a source of stress. Americans want to believe a leader who says, you can follow me. I've got you. Don't worry. President Biden is trying to do that with Bidenomics. And yesterday, he joined the picket lines where auto workers are demanding more wages and job security. Senator Scott, you recently reacted by praising Ronald Reagan for firing air traffic controllers in the 1980s. It's saying, you strike, you're fired. Would you fire thousands of striking auto workers today, Senator? Obviously, the President of the United States cannot fire anybody in the private sector. However, we should look back at the first bill in Congress under Joe Biden. The first bill had $86 billion for the union pensions because they continue to overpromise yet underdeliver. One of the challenges that we have in the current negotiations is that they want four-day French work weeks, but more money. They want more benefits, working fewer hours. That is simply not going to stand. I sat in a finance committee hearing when a widow came before the committee who was promised pensions from, from the unions, $4,000 a month. Unfortunately, it had been cut to $1,000 a month. We must make sure that we honor the commitments that we make. And one of the ways that we do that, do not overpromise and then underdeliver and leave the taxpayers on the hook. I'll say this. Joe Biden should not be on the picket line. He should be on the southern border working to close our southern border because it is unsafe, wide open, and insecure, leading to the deaths of 70,000 Americans in the last 12 months because of fentanyl. It is devastating. Every county in America is now a border county because fentanyl has devastated Americans in every single state. I will also say six million illegal crossings since Joe Biden has taken office and he eliminated Title 42. The one thing he should do is finish the wall, reinstate Title 42 and get the job done. Well, I can promise you that we are going to have a lot of questions on the border and immigration. But in the meantime, we do want to talk about the economy and jobs and especially want to talk about this strike for just a moment more. Mr. Ramaswamy, you've said you really empathize with the strikers. You're standing next to Senator Scott. Do you agree with what he said or do you think he's wrong? I agree with some of what he said, for sure. I like the spirit of it. I'll say that I don't have a lot of patience for the union bosses. I think that's where he and I actually have a common view. I do have a lot of sympathy for the workers, however. People are going through real hardship in this country. I've been through hardship growing up. My father stared down layoffs at GE under Jack Welch's tenure at the GE plant in Evendale, Ohio. My mom had to work overtime in nursing homes in southwest Ohio to make ends meet and pay off our home loan. So I understand that hardship is not a choice. But victimhood is a choice, and we choose to be victorious in the United States of America. You know what, if I was giving advice to those workers, I would say go picket in front of the White House in Washington, D.C. That's really where the protest needs to be. Disastrous economic policies that have driven up prices, that have driven up interest rates and mortgage rates. At the same time, wages remaining stagnant. What we need is to deliver economic growth in this country. Unlock American energy. Drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear energy, put people back to work by no longer paying them more money to stay at home, stabilize the U.S. dollar itself, and rescind a majority of those unconstitutional federal regulations that are hampering our economy. That is how we unleash American exceptionalism. And that's not a Democratic vision or a Republican vision. That is an American vision that we embrace economic growth and capitalism is still the best system known to man to lift us up from poverty, and we should not apologize for it. That's what it means to be an American. Together, the CEOs of General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis make 336 times the number of rank and, the, uh, number of rank and file workers. That's just part of a, work, a wider income inequality trend in the country. The richest 1% now controls one-fifth of all income. Vice President Pence, 
Last week you said you side with American workers, but you also support how these companies operate. Which is it? Well, thank you for the question. I want to thank uh, Univision and Fox Business for assembling such a wonderful forum. Look, I do disagree with something Tim Scott just said. Joe Biden doesn't belong on a picket line. He belongs on the unemployment line. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm, I'm from the second leading manufacturing state in the country per capita. I was governor of the state of Indiana. We brought 12,000 factories back to America during our administration. I, I know something about manufacturing. And I got to tell you, while, uh, while the union bosses are talking about class warfare and talking about disparity in wages, I, I have to tell you, I really believe what's driving that is Bidenomics has failed. Wages are not keeping up with inflation. Auto workers and all American workers are feeling it. And families are struggling in this economy. And Joe Biden's Green New Deal agenda is good for Beijing and bad for Detroit. We ought to repeal the Green New Deal, get rid of the mandates and subsidies that are driving American gasoline automotive manufacturing into the graveyard. And beyond that also, uh, as President of the United States, I'll be standing with workers all across America. America, and I'll be standing for the right to work of every American to join a union or not join a union as they decide. Senator Scott, you yes. mentioned, will you care to respond? There's no doubt that Joe Biden needs to be fired. That's why I'm running for president. I look forward to being the next president of the United States. I will also say I know America can do for anyone what she's done for me. It's why we're focusing on restoring hope creating opportunities and protecting the America we all love. Growing up in a single-parent household, I wondered if the American dream would work for a kid in the inner city. I've got good news for every single child, whether you're in the inner cities of Chicago or the rural parts of Iowa. America and the dream, it is alive, it is well, and it is healthy. God bless these United States of America. Governor Haley, you raise your hand. I think we need to look at exactly what happened. Biden showed up on that picket line. But why are those workers actually there? It's because of all of the spending that he has pushed through in the economy that's raised the inflation. So when you look at the fact that we are paying higher gas prices, higher grocery prices, $7,000 more a year for families, what we need to do is I came out with an economic plan, eliminate the gas and diesel tax so that they have more money in their pocket. Let's focus on, on going after middle America and cutting taxes for middle America and collapsing those brackets. Let's get rid of unfair distortions like the state and local tax that they give to wealthy people in, in blue states and not in paid by red states. And let's make sure we make the small business taxes permanent. They only made those temporary. They made the corporate taxes permanent. Let's focus on what it takes to get more cash in the pockets of workers. That's when we'll be able to deal with strikes like this, not sitting on a picket line like Joe Biden is. Thank you, Governor Haley. We have other questions to get to about economy. Allow me to... I, I just um, have to I'm sorry. Allow me to... Allow yeah, me to I'm, I'm sorry. I have to jump in because we're missing the point and every other network is missing the point. The reason why people are striking in Detroit is because Joe Biden's interference with capital markets and with free markets. The subsidies, we're subsidizing the automakers and we're subsidizing the cars and a particular kind of car, not every car, we're particularly, we're subsidizing electric vehicles. And when you decide that we're going to take all of your taxpayer monies, take a billion dollars, subsidize a certain type of vehicle, and the batteries come from China, China controls 85% of the rare earth minerals. They're called rare earth because they're measured in parts per million. China is moving 100,000 pounds of earth in Indonesia, in Africa. They're literally destroying the planet so that we can make and make a battery that's in a car subsidized here. That's why they're striking, because they need two-thirds less workers to build an electric car. Joe Biden, this strike is at Joe Biden's feet. We're going to keep the topic of economy, but allow me to follow the question to Governor Christie. The government will shut down if Congress does not reach a deal by the end of this week. Vice President Pence warns that politics of, quote, Trump's populist protégés, like Mr. Ramaswamy, are a road to ruin for the GOP. If the government shuts down, should voters blame populist Republicans? 
voters should blame everybody who's in Washington, D.C. They get sent down there to do the job, and they've been failing at doing the job for a very long time. And let's be honest about this with the voters. You know, during the Trump administration, they added $7 trillion, $7 trillion in national debt. And now the Biden administration has put another $5 trillion on and counting. They have failed, and they're in the spot they're in now because none of them are willing to tell the truth. None of them are willing to take on the difficult issues. They just want to keep kicking the can down the road. And the inflation that Nikki spoke about is absolutely right, and it's caused by government spending. And that's why people all across this country are suffering tonight. And yet we don't get any answers because Joe Biden hides in his basement and won't answer as to why he's raising the debt the way he's done. And Donald Trump he hides behind the walls of his golf clubs and won't show up here to answer questions like all the rest of us are up here to answer. He put $7 trillion on the debt. He should be in this room to answer those questions for the people you talk about who are Can suffering. And if, the government, and if the government closes, and if the government Can closes, it's the blame. It is to the blame of everyone in Washington, D.C., who has failed to do their job and just plays to the grandstand. The next question is you haven't spoken, please. The people in Washington are shutting down the American dream with their reckless behavior. They borrowed, they printed, they spent, and now you're paying more for everything. They are the reason for that. They have shut down our national sovereignty by allowing our border to be wide open. So please spare me uh, the crocodile tears for these people. They need to change what's going on. And where's Joe Biden? He's completely missing in action from leadership. And you know who else is missing in action? Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. He owes it to you to defend his record where they added $7.8 trillion to the debt. That set the stage for the inflation that we have. Now, I can tell you this. As governor of Florida, we cut taxes. We ran surpluses. We've paid down over 25 percent of our state debt. And I vetoed wasteful spending when it came to my desk. And as your president, when they send me a bloating spending bill that's going to cause your prices to go up, I'm going to take out this veto pen and I'm going to send it right back to them. Ilya, you mentioned the question. I just want to address I have a question that is on, on the minds of a lot of moms and dads and Americans, and I know that you've been thinking about it because child care costs, they yes. are up. They're topping $10,000 per month. Some families are spending up to half of their income yes. on child care, and they're having to decide, is it worth it for me to work or does it not make sense for me financially? In three days, the billions of dollars in pandemic-era funding is going to end, and 70,000 daycares could close. So you had an effort to broaden eligibility for child care assistance. That fell apart last year. And for the moms and dads out there who are worried, what can you tell them if you weren't able to get it through the Congress, how could you do it as president? Certainly one of the things I did as a member of Congress was to make sure that we protected the Head Start programs around the country, giving people the opportunity to pick and choose the place that they send their children. The challenges that we see today under the Biden administration is that the cost for daycare has gone over $15,000 per child. In the Build Back Broker plan, he called it the Build Back Better plan, it was going up to $29,000. The way we fix that problem is to make sure that we actually cut taxes and give more Americans their money back. When I helped write the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, we actually lowered a single mother's taxes by 70% on the federal level, for dual-income households by 60%. Then we went a step further. We doubled the child tax credit and made it refundable. By doing that, more parents had more resources to make the decisions how to take care of their family. The one thing we should do is let the American people keep their money. When that happens... The greatest opportunities rise from the ashes. Okay, I need to jump 15 in here. seconds. Go ahead. I and never go into the border. Ilya mischaracterized a part of my view. I think this artificial division is unhelpful in our party. The real divide is not between the Republicans on this stage. And in the Reagan Library, I want to say these are good people on this stage. The real divide is between the majority of us in this country who love the United States of America and share our founding ideals. 
free speech, meritocracy, the idea you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character, and the fringe minority in the Democrat Party that has a chokehold over that party. That's the real divide. So this populist versus classical debate is artificial. We need to unite this party. We have all these this, questions. This, we're going to get to you. We're going to come back to you. No, There's a lot of time. We're about go- child care. Nobody answered the question. In North Dakota, we, Sir, knew that, we knew that the cliff was coming. We knew that there was going to be millions of people without it. And so guess what? We planned. Okay. And when we, you, we, pa- we passed legislation. because we will, get, care we will is, get you some questions, but you're going to have to let us move on. We are going to the border they next. Are child no. care no, is workforce infrastructure. I haven't given a chance to respond. President Ronald Reagan said the following. The idea of amnesty for those who have put down roots and who have lived here, even though some time back they may have entered illegally. Two years later, President Reagan granted amnesty to nearly three million immigrants, something no Democrat or Republican president has done since. Governor Christie. As governor of a non-border state in 2010, you supported a path to citizenship. But when you ran for president in 2016, you flipped, saying immigrants should be tracked like FedEx packages. Where do you stand now on a path to citizenship for 11 million of undocumented immigrants? Well, the problem is that since no one has done anything since we first had this discussion 13 years ago, we're not in a position to be able to do any of that anymore. What we have to do now is first treat this like the law enforcement problem it is. Our laws are being broken every day at the southern border, every day. And Joe Biden and his crew is doing nothing about enforcing that law. They are letting it go. And by the way, they announced during the presidential race they were going to let it go. And we need to have a a president who acts like I did as governor, enforce the law. First and foremost, and that means what I'll do on day one is sign an executive order to send the National Guard to partner with Customs and Border Patrol to make sure that we stop the flow of fentanyl over the border, but also to make sure that we send a much different message. We want you here in this country to fill the six million vacant jobs we have, but only if you come here to follow the law and only if you come here legally. If you come here illegally, we will apprehend you and we will send you back across the border from which you came. And the fact is that until we set a law and order agenda in this country, not only now, but in the future, we won't, we won't be able to continue this. And I'll look, I'll tell you this. Donald Trump failed on this as well. He said he was going to build a wall across the whole border. He built 52 miles of wall and said Mexico would pay for it. Guess what? I think if Mexico knew that he was only going to build 52 miles, they might have paid for the 52 miles. Thank you, Governor. All right, Governor Haley. Most illegal immigrants are coming from countries south of the border. You've seen the Fox News drone. It's captured the steady stream of people coming into the country on a daily basis. In fact, I believe we have a live picture of it tonight. That is happening right now, live. In the last decade, the U.S. has spent nearly $55 billion to address the root causes of migration. But crime, poverty, and corruption, they persist, and the number of migrants is only growing. Are we wasting our money? Well, what happens is when Joe Biden waved the green flag... It told everybody to come. And now we've seen six million people cross the border. We've had more fentanyl that have killed Americans in the Iraq, Vietnam, or Afghanistan wars combined. We need to make sure that we are a country of laws. The second we stop being a country of laws, we give up everything this country was founded on. So we have to secure the border. The way we do that is, first of all, defund sanctuary cities. You see what's happening in Philadelphia right now. It's got to stop. We need to make sure we put 25,000 more Border Patrol and ICE agents on the ground and let them do their job. I spent 400 miles down that border, and I'm telling you, Border Patrol agents aren't allowed to do their job. Let's go back to remain a Mexico policy. Instead of catch and release, let's go to catch and deport. What about the aid that federal taxpayers are paying to deal with the root causes? It's not working. 
The or only is it? aid that we should be spending right now is to secure the border, the southern border, the northern border, period. You would cut we off need aid to, to keep Americans safe. And right now, Americans are not safe. Only when we fix the immigration system, only when we get the border secure, should we ever look at putting any more money into this. Right. Our money should be about keeping Americans safe. We're not doing that. Joe Biden's not doing that. And you mentioned Congress and, and shutting down government. I'll make it clear. We have to change the budget process right. in four years, in 40 years. Congress has only delivered a budget on time four times in 40 years. Right. If they don't keep the government open, they should not get paid. No pay, no budget. That's the way we Governor, should Governor DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, we have a question for you. Governor DeSantis, China invested $12 billion in Latin America just last year. They signed strategic partnerships with seven countries, including Mexico. And China's military ties to the region now include arms sales and training exercises. Are you comfortable with China deepening ties with our southern neighbors? Of course not. And the reason why we're in this mess is because elites in D.C. for far too long have chosen surrender over strength when it comes to the CCP. Some people in our country got rich, our industrial base got hollowed out, and they have been able to build the second most powerful military in the entire world. We need a totally new approach to China. We are going to have real hard power in the Indo-Pacific, like Reagan, to deter their ambitions. We're going to have economic independence from China, where we're decoupling our economy, and we are going to go after the cultural power they have in this country. As governor of Florida, I ban the CCP from buying land in our state. We should do that all across these United States. We shouldn't have them in our universities. We shouldn't have Confucius Institutes. So you see a country in decline, our powers in decline. China's going to surpass us this decade, and if they do that, that's going to affect every single American household. As your president, I am not going to let that happen. I'm going to reverse this country's decline. We are going to choose strength, not surrender, when it comes to the CCP. America is not, America is not a country in decline. Under Joe Biden, we are a country you in retreat. You propose, quote, universal deportation for all undocumented immigrants and their children, even if the children are citizens of the United States. Under what legal premise will you expel U.S. citizens? So the first thing I want to say is I agree with everything. The Republicans on the stage are on the right side of this issue. Militarize the southern border, stop funding sanctuary cities, and end foreign aid to Mexico and Central America to end the incentives to come across. But I do go a step further. You're right about that, Ilya. I favor ending birthright citizenship for the kids of illegal immigrants in this country. Now, the left will howl about the Constitution and the 14th Amendment. The difference between me and them is I've actually read the 14th Amendment. What it says is that all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the laws and jurisdiction thereof are citizens. So nobody believes that the kid of a Mexican diplomat in this country enjoys birthright citizenship. Not a judge or legal scholar in this country will disagree with me on that. Well, if the kid of a Mexican diplomat doesn't enjoy birthright citizenship, then neither does the kid of an illegal migrant who broke the law to come here. And as the father of two sons, it is hard for me to look them in the eye and say, you have to follow the law when our own government fails to follow its own laws. That's how we really go the distance and solve this problem and restore the rule of law in the United States of America because that is part of what it even means to be an American. Senator Scott, you oppose ending birthright citizenship. What does Mr. Ramaswamy have wrong on that issue? Yeah, there's no doubt the fact that when you think of the Constitution and the 14th Amendment, it was certainly written as it relates to slavery, not as it relates to illegal immigration. It's been applied to illegal immigration. So the challenge that we face is, in fact, one that has to do with whether or not the people that come here are under the jurisdiction of our laws. And frankly, if you come here illegally, you or not. Now, surviving a Supreme Court argument is something I can't tell you. But from a perspective of the Constitution, I think it's simple that clearly it was designed for slavery and not for illegal immigration. I'll go one step further, though. When we have a conversation about the things that are happening on this stage, we think about the fact that Vivek just said we were all good people. And I appreciate that because last debate, he said we were all bought and paid for. And I thought about that for a little while and said, you know, I can't imagine how you could say that knowing that you were just in business with the Chinese Communist Party and the same people that funded 
Hunter Biden millions of dollars was a partner this of yours as well. It's not nonsense. So look, I want to respond. These these are good people who are tainted by a broken system, and it's not the fault I, I think you of anybody who's involved. Some of us are tainted. Excuse me. Line is when you say excuse me. Not. Thank you for speaking while I'm interrupting. Literally, while I'm speaking. Well, no, you said by people. If I may finish, you can't be on both sides. Gentlemen, you'll have your turn. One of the challenges we should have. Please focus on the issues that matter. We know business in China. May, Everybody knows that. If I may, if Let's I may focus address, on holding Joe Biden accountable. Well, that's what we need to be I actually on. agree with Ron well, DeSantis. Speaking speak at the same time, I, no one can understand Exactly. So if I may, I agree with Ron DeSantis on China. When every other CEO expanded into the Chinese market, you know what I did with my first company? We opened a subsidiary in China. But you know what I did that was different than every other company? We got the hell out of there. And when I started my yeah, next right company, you ran Strive, right when, it, that's years ago. right when I started my next company, Strive, to compete against BlackRock, excuse me, no, no. to compete against BlackRock, I made a commitment that we would never do business in China. And I will say something. Yes. I think you have more than time to explain your point. Well, if I, I was interrupted by a lot of people here, and I want to be respectful because I believe these You were respectful last bit. But I do not believe in these. We're sitting here in the rain. Reagan Library. Yes, I wish you would not think it was midnight in honor of Ronald Reagan's library, if I may admit, well, from I, one, Tim, listen, from one admirer of Ronald all, Reagan all to another, from you. one admirer of Reagan to another, Did we cannot do see that this is unproductive. I want to hear about that. I Let's have a policy debate. What's going on? I'll Let us have a policy debate. Let's have about their records. Let's have a policy debate. And the right answer is we need to declare independence from China. And I will see that through. Vice President Pence, in 2017, the Trump-Pence administration canceled DACA, which put the legal status of 600,000 dreamers in the hands of the courts. Dreamers work, and they pay taxes. As president, if the Supreme Court ends DACA, would you work with Congress to reach a permanent solution for dreamers? Well, first, let me say I'm glad, I'm glad Vivek uh, pulled out of his business deal in 2018 in China. That must have been about the time he decided to start voting in presidential elections. So okay. we're Thank nice you. to I'm have you participating in elections. Too. So let me, let me speak to this issue. Number one, um, I negotiated the Remain in Mexico policy with the, with the Mexican government. Uh, we used economic power to bring the Mexican government to the table. Uh, we built hundreds of miles of border wall, and despite what's said here today, uh, we reduced illegal immigration and asylum abuse by 90 percent. And as President of the United States, I can do it again. And the, so truth is, we, the truth is we need to fix a broken immigration system, and I'll do that as well. But first and foremost, a nation without borders is not a nation. And we have to secure the southern border of the United States of America. I know how to do it, and we will do it again. Let me say one other thing about China. Vice Let me say one other thing about China. Would you negotiate with Congress to give a solution to the problem that dreamers have right now? They are on a limbo. Well, let me tell you, I, I served in Congress for 12 years, although it seemed longer. <laughs> but, you know, something I've done different than everybody on this stage is I've actually, I've actually secured reform in Congress. You know, you know, Ron, you talk a really good game about cutting spending, but you've increased spending in Florida by 30 percent. When I was a member of Congress in 2006, right after Hurricane Katrina, Dana, you remember it, we stood our ground. I led House conservatives. We cut $100 billion out of the federal budget. It can be done, but as I said in the last debate, I'll say again, this is no time for on-the-job training. I'm going to be ready on day one to get Congress to step up, secure the southern border of the United States, build a military fitted to our times, and we're going to get spending in Washington, D.C. under control once and for all. Other side of this break, and I propose to go to a break, how will these candidates make America safer as rising crime plagues our city? Debate night continues in moments. Cracked windshield on your new car? From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
Reagan Library for the second Republican presidential debate. I do want to just remind everyone, there's one minute for questions, three seconds for a follow-up, and the more you mention each other, that means a fewer questions you're going to get. Okay, so we want to talk about crime. This has been a horrendous problem in our country, the Fox News and others have been covering it. Governor Christie, crime in major cities is striking fear into the hearts of Americans. Just last night, looters took over the streets of Philadelphia. You said in the last debate that you would use U.S. attorneys to prosecute crimes. Local prosecutors won't. But they are stretched as well, and they could not handle all of the lawlessness, the shoplifting, all the carjackings, the armed robberies. They're all surging. Progressive prosecutors were elected by their constituents, and they can't be fired by a president. So what would you do to end the revolving door of criminality? Well, look, Dana, the only one on this stage who's done it. For seven years, I ran the fifth largest office in this country um, uh, at the U.S. Attorney's Office in New Jersey, and we set records for the number of prosecutions that we brought that still have not been broken. And the reason was that we went after the crime that was affecting people's lives. And as president, I will appoint an attorney general and instruct that attorney general that you are to put all the resources that are necessary to bring our cities back under control. The fact is they will be stretched. There's no doubt about that, but that's what they take the job for, because they love the idea of enforcing the law. We've got to bring law and order back to this country, and not just in our cities, but we need law and order back everywhere. We need law and order back in our suburbs. People are threatened there. We need it in our rural areas. People feel threatened there. And we need it in Washington, D.C. also. And Donald Trump should be here to answer for that, but he's not. And I want to look at that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching. Okay, And you're not here tonight, not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on this stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. All right. I want to ask Governor DeSantis, you fired a couple of prosecutors in your state, but as governor, I mean, sorry, as president, you would not have the ability to do that. How do you think about dealing with the root causes of crime, especially this revolving door of the criminals that just get out and come back and commit another crime? Well, the crime in these cities is, is one of the strongest signs of the decaying of America. We can't be successful as a country if people aren't even safe uh, to live in places like Los Angeles and San Francisco. Just being in Southern California over the last couple of days, my wife and I have met three people who have been mugged on the street. And that would have never happened 10 or 20 years ago. In Florida, we back the blue. We support the men and women of law enforcement. They are keeping us safe. We have a 50-year low in the crime rate. And yes, when I had two progressive prosecutors that weren't following the law in Florida, I removed them from their post, and the people of Florida are safer as a result of it. As president, I will use the Justice Department to bring civil rights cases against all of those left-wing Soros-funded prosecutors. We're not going to let them get away with it anymore. We want to reverse this country's decline. We need to choose law and order over rioting and disorder. On a related subject, Governor Haley, there's a nationwide policing shortage. Retirements are up. Recruitment is in the tank. Morale is at a record low. Three years ago, you signed a pledge to support law enforcement. Now, pledges are a nice idea, but what's your actual plan to get more police on our streets? Well, and I actually did it in South Carolina, too. You know, what we knew in South Carolina was you take care of those who take care of you. We have to start taking care of law enforcement, but it's not just taking care of them with words. It's making sure that you also follow through on what they do. Right now, we have a lot of stolen guns on the street. Well, these law enforcement officers, they arrest these people, and then they go and they're let out the very next day. So law enforcement feels like they don't, no one has their back. We have to start prosecuting according to the law. We have to make sure we have the backs of law enforcement, and we have to make sure that we're a country of law and order. But I want to go back to China because I don't think we spent enough time on that. Right now, we have to look at what government's doing to hurt us against China, too. You have a company, U.S. Antibiotics, that produces amoxicillin, the number one antibiotic that we need. And right now, there is a company in Bristol, Tennessee, that produces that. Yet our federal government only gets it from China. We need to be focusing on companies that produce in America and supporting those companies that produce in America, not companies that are helping China. Governor, we will be talking foreign policy later. Thank you, um, Stuart. We're going to stay in the topic of um, crime because it affects all of us. 
Governor Burgum, for the first time ever, a Univision poll found that mass shootings and gun safety are one of the most important issues for Latino voters. Mental health concerns are not unique to the United States, but gun violence is. What is your specific plan to curb gun violence? Well, the first we need to know is understand is I think that the liberal left is, seems to be just completely bent on prosecuting law-abiding citizens that are gun owners because every solution they have to this is take away the Second Amendment rights of Americans and somehow that's going to solve the problem. But all these cities was, that we're talking about that you showed the videos of tonight, they have some of the strictest gun laws in the country. So we know that that's not what's working. But what we have to do is get back to the core issues about the, the family. We have to get back to behavioral health and mental health. We've got to get back to actually enforcing the laws these people talked about. And like we've done in North Dakota, where we're the, we've got the goal and we're on the track to be the most military-friendly state in the nation. We've got the most military and the most support of what we're doing in terms of law enforcement because the, the morale is down because we've been defunding the police, because they've been attacked in the press. The police have become the bad guys when they're the one. They, there's all these jobs available in America. Why would you be a policeman if people don't even respect them? Every time I see a policeman, the first thing I say is thank you. And so does everybody else and my family and most of the people in our state because they know we have to respect the people that are out there defending us every single day. Can I answer the question Mr. on mass Ramaswamy, shooting? Mr. Ramaswamy, according to Customs and Border Protection, about 90% of fentanyl is seized at official border crossings and 57% of the smugglers are U.S. citizens. How would you stop fentanyl brought into the country, mostly by U.S. citizens, through ports of entry? There's two sides to this, and we have to be very honest about it. One is we do have to seal that southern border. Building the wall is not enough. They're building cartel-financed tunnels underneath that wall. Semi-trucks can drive through them. We have to use our own military to seal the Swiss cheese of a southern border. But we also have to be honest. There's a demand-side problem in this country, too, a mental health epidemic. I met family in Iowa. Two parents, Kathy and Derek, they lost their son, Sebastian, 17 years old. He bought Percocet on Snapchat, and then he died. Why did he die? Because it was laced with fentanyl. That is closer to bioterrorism, not a drug overdose. That is poisoning. So it is our job to make sure that never happens. But it's also our job to make sure that 17-year-olds don't turn to Percocet via Snapchat. We have to bring back mental health care in this country, not with pumping pharmaceuticals, but with faith-based approaches that restore purpose and meaning in the next generation of Americans. Many of them are getting it through social media. And this isn't a Republican point or a Democrat point. But if you're 16 years old or under, you should not be using an addictive social media product, period. This is something that we can both agree on and we can revive both the mental health of this country while stopping the fentanyl epidemic that will kill more people this year than who died on 9-11, and I refuse to be a passive bystander sitting in the White House like the hollowed-out husk of a current president we have. We will step up and address this problem to stand for Americans and our children. That is why, everything he said I agree with, that is why, as Commander-in-Chief, I'm going to use the U.S. military to go after the Mexican drug cartels. They are killing our people. And the stories that I've seen in Florida, we had an infant, 18 months, parents rented an Airbnb. And apparently the people that had rented it before were using drugs. The infant was crawling, the toddler was crawling on the carpet and ingested a fentanyl residue yep. and died. Are we just going to sit here and let this happen, this carnage happen in our country? I am not going to do that. So I guarantee you on day one, this border is going to be a day one issue for me as president. We're going to declare it a national emergency. Yes, we'll build the wall. We'll do remain in Mexico. But those Mexican drug cartels are going to be treated like the foreign right, terrorist go. organizations that they are. All right, Vice President Pence. Just last month, Vice President Pence, you said if elected, you would repeal all Obamacare mandates. However, you also made that same promise in 2016. And at that time, Trump Pence had congressional majorities for at least the first two years, and you did not deliver on that promise. So Obamacare right now, it is more popular than ever. Why should Americans trust you if you become president to fix that? Or is Obamacare here to stay? Well, first, let me speak to the mass shootings issue, and then I'll answer that question. It's an important one, Dana. 
Look, I'm someone that believes that justice delayed is justice denied. And as a father of three, as a grandfather of three beautiful little girls, I'm gonna, I am sick and tired of these mass shootings happening in the United States of America. And if I'm president of the United States, I'm going to go to the Congress of the United States, and we're going to pass a federal expedited death penalty for anyone involved in a mass shooting so that they will meet their fate in months, not years. It is unconscionable that the, the, uh, the Parkland shooter, Ron, is actually going to spend the rest of his life behind bars in Florida. That's not justice. We have to mete out justice and send a message to these would-be killers that you are not going to live out your days behind bars. You're going to meet that. justice in this system. But does that mean Obamacare is here to stay? <laughs> well, thank you for reiterating the question, because I'd love to answer it. Look. I, I think seconds. it's one of the cho I think it's one of the choices here. You know, my former running mate, Donald Trump, actually has a plan to start to consolidate more power in Washington, D.C., consolidate more power in the executive branch. If I'm president of the United States, it's my intention to make the federal government smaller by returning to the states those resources and programs that are rightfully theirs under the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution. That means all Obamacare funding, all, right. all housing funding, all HHS funding, all of it goes back to the states. We'll shut down the Federal Department of Education will allow states to right. innovate. We're going to revive federalism in America, and states are going to help bring sure America back. Sue, go ahead. May I remind Please. everyone to keep within their time frame so that we can get as many questions in as possible. Well, this question, for, this question for Governor DeSantis. Over 26 million Americans can, don't have insurance coverage. Governor DeSantis, two and a half million of them are in your state. That's worse than the national average. Can Americans trust you on this? Well, I think this is a symptom of our overall economic decline. Everything has gotten more expensive. You see insurance rates are going through the roof. People that are going to get groceries. I spoke with a woman in Iowa, and she said, you know, for the first time in my life, uh, I'm having to take uh, things out of my grocery cart when I get to the checkout line because the, the total goes up so quickly. So this is very real, and people are hurting out there. So we've got to address the underlying problem with Bidenomics, the overspending, taking all Biden's rules and regulations. I'm going to throw them in the trash can on day one. You're not going to have to worry about that. We're going to open up all of our energy. We will be energy dominant in this country that will lower your gas prices. And what we need to do with health care is recognize our health care is putting patients at the back of the bus. We have big pharma, big insurance, and big government, and we need to tackle that and have more power for the people and the doctor-patient relationship. Governor, why is your record in Florida on insurance worse than the national average? It's not, it's our, our state's a dynamic state. We've got, we've got a lot of uh, folks that come. Of course, we've had a population boom. We we also don't have uh, a lot of welfare benefits in Florida. You know, we're basically saying we want to, this is a field of dreams. You can do well in the state, but we're not going to be like California and have massive numbers of people um, on government programs without work requirements. We believe you work and you got to do that. And so that goes for all the welfare benefits. And you know what that's done, Stuart? Our unemployment rate is the lowest amongst any big state. We have the highest GDP growth amongst any big state. And even CNBC, no fan of mine, ranked Florida, the number one economy in America. On the topic of health care, Governor Haley, health care is the leading cause of bankruptcy for American families, accounting for two-thirds of all personal bankruptcies. As president, how you protect Americans who get sick from financial ruin? First of all, how can we be the best country in the world and have the most expensive health care in the world? We have an issue. My mom was in the hospital, and when she was in the hospital, they tried to bring her a couple of Tylenol. And she said, I don't need it. And they said, honey, go ahead and take it because you're paying for it anyway. Why is it that when we got the bill, the insurance company in the hospital negotiated the bill for her without her having anything to do with it? When I am president, we will break all of it, from the insurance company to the hospitals to the doctor's offices to the PBMs to 
the pharmaceutical companies. We will make it all transparent because when you do that, you will realize that's what the problem is. Second thing is you've got to deal with tort law. The lawyer, the doctors don't give you the 10 tests because they want to. It's because of the 90% chance they'll get sued. And then we need to bring competition back to health care, get rid of certificate of need systems, and make sure that they can compete. We have to put the patient in the driver's seat. They've been in the back seat for way too long. And once we give the patient the ability to decide their health care, deciding which plan they want, that is when we will see magic happen. But we're going to have to make every part of the industry open up and show us where their warts are, because they all have them, and we need to fix this on behalf of the Governor American Bergman, people. Governor Bergman, 30 seconds. Do you, have a, do you have a better way in 30 seconds? Well, yes, we're not, we're not talking about the real problem ever. We talk about why do we have the most expensive health care in the world. It's because the federal government got involved the same way they did with EVs, and they said, we're going to subsidize a particular kind of software back in 2008 under Obama, and they said, hey, we're going to do this. It's going to make everyone more productive. All of you that are watching have been to a doctor's office when the doctor's got his back to you and their hands on a keyboard. The, the only industry in the world that's ever absorbed $1 trillion of IT and became less productive, they saw less patients per day, is U.S. healthcare because they were subsidizing a certain kind of technology. It wasn't, it wasn't about improving healthcare. It was about picking winners and losers. Every time the federal government's involved, whether it's higher education, okay. health care, or now the auto industry, things get more expensive and less competitive. That was a great transition because we are going to move on. The future of education in America. What's the government's role in finding a way forward? The second Republican debate rolls on from Simi Valley. An informed patriotism is what we want. And are we doing a good enough job teaching our children what America is and what she represents in the long history of the world? If and we are back live at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in the Air Force One Pavilion for the second Republican debate. And let's get back to our questions, Governor Haley. American students, they are in academic trouble. They have lower scores in math and reading. There's chronic absenteeism. That's at record highs. And this has even been called education homicide. You say school choice is the answer, but South Carolina, your home state, still has not enacted universal school choice, and even the current expansion won't be fully implemented until 2027. Parents can't wait four years for a fix, so what would you do right now? Well, and school choice isn't the only answer, but I'll tell you it's not out of a lack of trying that we didn't try and get school choice in South Carolina. What I'll tell you, first of all, is we have to acknowledge the fact that 67% of our 8th graders are not proficient in reading or math. Over 80% of our 8th graders aren't proficient in history or civics. And recently they came out and said our 12 and 13-year-olds are scoring at the lowest levels they've been scoring in reading and math in decades. So the first thing we've got to do is we've got to make sure we catch our kids back up. We have to make sure they can read. A child that can't read by 3rd grade is four times less likely to graduate high school. We need to do reading remediation. We need complete transparency in the classroom. No parent should ever wonder what's being said or taught to their child in the classroom. We need to make sure that we have school choice so that there's competition. We need to move all the programs from the federal government down to the states and let states decide what education looks like in their states. And we need to start building things in America. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Listen to Fox News Sunday ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.